Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Cupid's House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is anointed and blessed. We are living this place with the anointing your word carries unto us. We give you praise. Amen. We are going to study about interactive ways of making people feel special. We want to read Genesis chapter number 3 and uh, verse number 9 and verse number 20 as well. In Genesis chapter number 3, God has come into the garden and the Bible said, Then the Lord, the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Praise the Lord. Where are you? Verse number 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Please, you may take your seat. This is powerful. I believe strongly that interaction is a major key for church growth. In our month of evangelism, we start the evangelism by relating very well with ourselves and amongst us causing brotherly love to continue to show genuine love and care for one another. Then if we are able to do that, we can also extend that same kind of godly love unto our brothers and sisters out there. The Bible talks about loving your neighbor as yourself. That is to say that you cannot love your neighbor more than you love yourself. That the love you have for yourself, self-love is what produces neighborly love. Because the love God instructs us to offer to our neighbor is from the quantum and the quality of love we have for ourselves. Love your neighbor how? As yourself. So if you don't love yourself, it's difficult to love your neighbor. Most people who don't love themselves want others to love them. But if you don't love yourself, you make yourself unlovable. For you to be loved, you must first love yourself. Praise the Lord. That's why God is love. He himself. He is love. His nature is love. He lavishes himself with, with love so that he is able to love the world. Not only that, he is able to so love the world passionately love the world. Praise the Lord. 
So you cannot passionately love someone if you don't love yourself. And how do you love someone if you don't love yourself? And how do you love yourself? First of all, discover yourself in Christ. Discover your identity in Christ. Most people who don't love themselves have got identity crisis. And abuse can result in identity crisis. It breaks your self-esteem, confuses who you think you are, makes you feel rejected and um, feel unlovable. And with all those abuses, whether verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, all kind of molestations, rejection, all these bad feelings can make someone feel like I'm not lovable and I'm rejected. But when you discover yourself in Christ, the Bible says that Christ in me is the hope of glory. So once you discover yourself in Christ, that anyone who is in Christ Jesus is a new creature, all things are passed away, everything has become new, you find out that your experiences, your encounters, the abuses, the negative experiences or interactions you have had with your environment and people in your environment will not be able to define who you are unto you any longer than you define yourself in Christ. So you find out that your encounter with Christ becomes the definitive point for your personality and who you are. And for us children of God, because we are in Christ, we are perfect. We are not a repair. We are a completely new creature. Say, I'm new. One more time. Say, I'm new. Sometimes God repairs. Sometimes God restores. Sometimes God recovers. But the born-again experience is not a repair. It's not a recovery. It's not a restoration. It's a completely new creature. Second Corinthians 5.17 if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things have passed away. Tell somebody, all things have passed away. And he said, behold, all things have become new. Praise the Lord. He put the behold there because he knows that it's going to be difficult for people to believe this. It's going to be very difficult for people to believe that you have become new. An old man becoming new clearly tells you that this thing is not outward, it's not external, it's internal, it's spiritual, and it's eternal. Internal and eternal. Something has happened on the inside, and that thing has caused something to happen in the heavenlies. So God sees you as new. Man may see you as an old person, but God sees you as a new person. And so God expects us to have a newness of mind. In Romans chapter 12, it talks about the fact that we should be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Because we are not old. We are new. A new system must operate with new set of ideas. New principles. Praise the Lord. So, when you discover yourself in Christ, you're able to love yourself. And when you love yourself, you'll be able to love other people. 
if you are going into a relationship thinking that I should be loved, you, you, are, you don't qualify for a relationship. You are sick and you are just looking for a doctor to cure you. That's, that's the interpretation. I'm preaching on. If one of your reasons for entering into a relationship is to quench loneliness and emotional deficiencies, then you are not ready for the marriage. You are going to cause a big problem there because you don't love yourself. If you cannot love yourself enough, no one can love you more than you can love yourself. Take it from pastor. If I tell you that the sky will come down, don't believe me. But if I tell you this one, believe me. That you cannot happy yourself more than anyone can happy you. No one can cherish you more than you can cherish yourself. And no one can make you more happy or happier than you can make yourself. You ought to be in a good place to be able to be a great interactive partner to all the people who will encounter you. So we're going to be learning about how you, as a child of God, have come to accept who you are, the blessings in you, and then you can also be a great interactive partner to the people you meet. Is it powerful? There are interactive ways of making people feel special. The same way there are verbal, nonverbal ways of making people feel spite or spited or making people feel unaccepted. Making people feel rejected, unimportant, devalued. There are also interactive ways of making people feel very warm and loved. Praise the Lord. Hey. Is there anybody here who doesn't want to feel loved by somebody? That person didn't come to church. Is there anybody here who wants to feel loved by people? Can I see your hand? Matthew 7, 7. It's powerful. So what are the interactive ways of making people feel special? We can really make people feel special. God made us to feel special when he died for us. When he died for us, he made us to feel special. So we can, and that death was by interaction. It was God interacting with man. He allowed himself to be beaten. Go to the cross to make us feel special. And after today, we are the people going to make the world feel special. Especially from the household of faith. Shout a bigger amen. amen. So number one, to make people feel special... You can make people feel special by calling them by their names. I'm showing you how to be a great missionary. If you win a soul, 
and you want the person to feel special, you have to learn to memorize their names. And when you are addressing them, call them by their names. When you call people by their names, they feel special. When you call somebody, hey, sister, bleda, bledo, Aze, guy, negro, they don't feel special. They know you are trying to manage them because you can't remember their names. How do you feel when your boyfriend doesn't remember your birthday? I know some sisters are here. They are not real, but I'm still preaching. I mean, guys really don't mind if you forget about their birthdays. It's nothing. But for ladies, you must remember. It's a major key point. So people don't feel special if you have been around them for a long time and you can't address them by their names. Brother, sister. Just address people by name. This is, we are in a relationship. We have been interacting. We've known ourselves for some months now. You should be able to address people by their names. You are a cell leader. Address people by their names. You're a church member. Address people by their names. Learn the skill, the art. It's a skill. It's an art of leadership to learn to memorize people's names and address them by their names. Sometimes including their surnames. Yes. But at least start from knowing their first names. Is it powerful? Don't keep asking, eh, that system, but what is the name? What, what, that brother, what is the name? You are always asking people what the names of people are. So if everybody were to think like the way you think and to behave like the way you do and keep their memory for only loving their beloved, who will remember the name of the person you are asking them to give you the name? Because if all of us were just to remember the names of our children, our beloveds, then who will remember the name of the other people? Preach with me, baby. When you call people by their names, they feel special. They think to themselves, the pastor, the cell leader, the church member, knows me. When you call people by name, they know you know them. Yeah. And in their mind, I am one of the few people whose names he or she remembers. I must be one of the special few. That's, that's the feeling they have. The feeling of making people feel important. I'm teaching you how to pastor. How to win souls. How to keep people in the church. And in the kingdom. Sometimes, like all landmarks, when you are driving... One of the things you learn driving is to keep landmarks to your destination. And so sometimes somebody tells me, 
I asked somebody, what's your name? He said, I'm Gifty. I said, ah, my sister is called Gifty. I lock that. My sister is called Gifty. I lock it with this one. Anytime I see this one, this is Gifty. This is Evelyn. This is John. I mean proper John, not John, John. <laughs> is there a scriptural basis for this? In Genesis chapter 3, God is angry or God is not pleased with Adam and he comes into the garden and then the Lord God called to Adam. He called to what? He addressed him by his name. Adam, Adam, where are you? Even when I'm angry, I'm mentioning your name. Your anger or offense must not make you forget the name of somebody. Adam, where are you? God addresses us by our names. The birds have got names. And he addresses them. He said to the prophet, he said, I will send a raven. It was a name. To bring you meat. Is it powerful? The flowers. Jesus was talking to them in Matthew chapter 6. He said, the lilies, the birds, he knows flowers by their names. And he addresses them by name. Look at somebody say, address people by their name. They, it will make them feel special. Hey. In the church, in verse 20 of Genesis chapter 3, Adam is, has learned from God. See, God made Adam. And from Adam, Eve was made for Adam. So Adam was made for God. Eve was made for Adam. I'm preaching. And the Adam that was made for God, God addressed him by name. The Eve that was made for Adam, Adam addressed her by her name. Verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name what? Eve. It's powerful. Because she was the mother of all living. Adam called the wife's name. When people are not nice with you, they don't call you by name. Are you not the one I'm talking to? <laughs> they refuse to mention your name. Because mentioning the name of someone is an honorable act. It's powerful. It's what? It's an honorable act. It's a lovely act. It's a peaceful act. And you should learn the art of that act. Calling people by names. It's a very powerful thing. All the animals in the garden were named by Adam. And the Bible says that as he named them, so were they to God. God is interested in calling people by names. When John the Baptist was born, people were calling anyhow. God opened them. I mean, names are so important to God. God opened the mouth of dumb Zachariah, the priest, to give the right name. Before Jesus was born, he said, he shall be called Emmanuel. Names are not unimportant. Names are important. That's why people like titles. Because it makes people feel fine. Praise the Lord. Especially there's a tribe in this country. 
They don't normally go to school, but they lie titles. Most of the titles in the clergy world, especially the ones that have not been earned, they belong to those people. They like to put it on themselves. You must call me this. Reverend Apostle Dr. Prophet. Hey! See, who are you now? I'm now a doctor, doctor. And a bishop, cardinal, canon. You are doctor. You say, no, I'm not doctor. I am doctor, doctor. You are missing one. I am what? Doctor, doctor. Point of correction. But address people by their names. It will make them feel what? Special. So when we are in church like this, someone is in your group, or you are interacting with people, you want to know people, keep their names. Keep it. Keep it. Lock it. Be determined to lock it up. If you get it wrong once, don't get it wrong thrice. Twice is enough. If you get it wrong twice, we have to pray for your memory. <laughs> and if you are a pastor there, you have to know. I mean, at some point in time, it becomes difficult to know the name of everyone. But if you dare relate with people, address them by their names. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Number two, you can make people feel special by smiling at them and looking at them in the eyes. Smiling at them. And looking at them in the eyes. It's a sign that you yourself, you are whole. If you are not whole, you can't smile to people. If you are not whole and confident, you can't communicate with people with, by making eye contact. And most people who are not genuine can't make eye contact when they are talking. They'll be looking everywhere. It's either you have low self-esteem or you are fake. Because your it's not shyness. Your genuineness is in your eyes. From today, know that it is not shyness. Understand that most people psychologically you'll be read as someone who is faking something, hiding something. It's not shyness. This is the empirical way of reading people who are fake. One of the ways is that they don't make eye contact when they are talking. Yes. Empirically, they don't assign shyness to that one. I mean, lay practically we might think, yes, but if you ever sat before any policeman or investigative officer and he was interrogating you and you couldn't make eye contact straight away, they know that you are hiding something.
Make eye contact. If you are a guy, look into the eye, not the breast. Well, you can't look at the eye and the breast at the same time. And smile whilst you are doing that. Hey. Interactive ways of making people feel special. When you smile to people, they feel special. And then you look them in the eye. They feel special. Praise the Lord. Some people have smileless face. Hard faces. Stern faces. Try and make your face soft small. Let me see. Yeah. Not bad. Fewer <laughs> going to be able to properly interact with people and make them feel special. Learn before the mirror how to smile. Your face is too serious. It's not good for evangelism. It's not good for ministry. You look like a gangster who is an armed robber or a terrorist sent to kill. Have you seen when people are going to kill? They can never keep a nice face. Very straight face, stern face. It's like they are killers. Yes. They can't even, even their work changes. Yes. Learn to smile. And communicate by looking people in the eye. You will not die when you are making eye contact. You won't die. You won't what? You won't die. You are talking to somebody. Eh, mm. We need the hair. We need the hair. We need the hair. Make eye contact. Praise the Lord. Yes. Don't be looking here and there, here and there. Look, all human beings, you have to bring them to a level that all human beings are human beings. No matter their status in society, when you meet them, be confident. When you are confident around people, they feel special. The relationship flows. The interaction flows. So when I'm talking to this brother, I'm looking straight into his eyes. I'm smiling. It's a good feeling. Praise the Lord. Is it powerful? You tell somebody, learn to smile. And sometimes, look, some of us are very serious from where we come from. When I was young, we were learning how to have bonyo face. So we just go. Yeah. Did some of you learn that? You learn how to be, be like commando. So as nigga, bonyo. And most of you, when they correct you, small bonyo. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like your face collapses immediately, you are corrected. You become a German bulldog. 
So we are learning how to. We were doing competition. My bonyo is stronger than your own. Bonyo face. But in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And the way we express that good spirit, smiling to one another. Praise the Lord. So sometimes, if you have a very serious face, some of you, your face is serious and you don't even know. So let your partner be your announcer. Look, when you see me, always remind me that I have to smile. Remind me. Because my face is heavy. Yes. Remind me when we are going to, hey, I can't come away to a chat. Yes, I will sleep. Why? Do chaprabo Enter with what? Smile. The same way the Bible says, enter his court with what? Yes. And let me tell you, for many of us here, we have come from churches where the pastors have felt so important that it's the aura around them that makes them feel important. So they are always gim like this. So you want to become a pastor, and that is what you have learned. How to frown to receive importance to yourself. Yes. Pastors don't smile. To see a member and smile, no, it's like they have lost an anointing. Yeah, they're very pious, but you eat kenke. You eat fish. Some of the soup cry you eat, you know, they put the grass cutters poo poo in it. But you can't smile to a fellow human being. And we made you a shepherd, you no, know, you stop smiling. A manager, you no, know, you stop smiling. So it's because you are now, so because look, your position must not change who you are. Let people feel special around you. Yes. Sometimes you can hug people. Good intentions. But it's like, I mean, I, when I started going for prophetic meetings in the 90s, prophets don't smile. The prophet we served under, they never smile to you. In the service, when they are coming with their whatever people around them, you see that this is God coming. They are charged. But later on, we found out that this thing is a small matter. So if you have been following those people, you too, you walk in that spirit. I think that's what makes you special. It makes you a papa. Call me papa. It's a sign of weakness. Yeah. In your personality, you are weak. That's why you are showcasing that strength. It's a negative strength. Some of you take it into marriage to hold your wife's hand. It's a problem. Yes, you feel defeated outside, inside, to give your wife a peg, you know, outside, you know. You feel defeated. Learn to smile and change your facial construction. Look people in the eye. Yes. 
Relax. When we are dancing, you can't dance. You're like an apostle in an older church. To dance, it's a problem for you. You can never relax. Hey. It's like the, the, the power from Akosom where it passes through you to everybody. So you have to be steady. Praise the Lord. Is it powerful? Number three. You can make people feel special. By being sincere and not exaggerating with them. Make people feel special by being what? Sincere and not exaggerating with them. When you flatter people, they tend not to take you seriously. But they know that what do I know for far more? And at a point, people would think that you are scoffing at them. Yeah, they may even curse you in their minds. If you don't say genuine things, no one will take you serious. Don't exaggerate. Be real. If you want people to believe your compliments... You must learn to say what you mean and mean what you want. You say. Learn to say what you mean and mean what you want. You say. Don't exaggerate. Give people compliment. And the compliment must be honest compliment. In Proverbs 24, 24, watch what the Bible says. Proverbs 24, 24. The Bible says, he who says to the wicked, you are righteous. Him the people will curse. Nations will abhor him. Praise the Lord. You don't say to the wicked, you are righteous. Because the wicked is not righteous. And the righteous is not wicked. If you do that, one, the people will curse you. Why? Because you encourage the wickedness of the wicked by giving them a wrong compliment. And your wrong compliment spares them on, fuels them to continue with their wickedness. Because there are people who are wicked and they feel they are on an agenda for God. Yes. There are people who are persecuting the church and they thought that they were doing the work of God. So when you tell them that they are righteous, it increases their energy, motivates them to do more. But possibly in your mouth is the right compliment to make them stop where they have gotten to. But here we are talking about compliment, and compliment mostly, they are positive. He said that nations will abhor you. So this church, you see that, oh, no, Obano. Because you are not real. You are not what? Real. 
Don't exaggerate. So that my, my wife will ask me, am I big? Am I small? When I can see well, I say it as it is. Sometimes you say, I'm too small. I need to add up. Sometimes you say, I'm going overboard. I need to come down. And I am the measuring rod. So when I'm not sure, I say, I'm not seeing well. <laughs> hey. But you're always exaggerating your compliment for people. The person is looking nice. Nice is enough. Praise the Lord. Don't exaggerate. Because sometimes exaggeration makes people know that you yourself, you are not real. Somebody is not, is not smelling nice and is feeling uncomfortable. He goes around and says, yeah, I like, your, I like your perfume. What do you mean? What perfume? Is it the smell of the sweat you are talking about? Or what, what are you even trying to say? They feel like you are scoffing them. Do you understand scoffing? Yeah. You are a scoffer. Because people know who they are. So when you are telling them what you think they are, you better not exaggerate. And if you are going to make people feel special, just don't exaggerate in your compliments. I like you. Straightforward. It's nice. Is it not nice? Yeah. I don't like this. Please, don't continue doing this. But continue doing this. The thing you did, it's nice, pa. But do not exaggerate in your compliment. Somebody is dark. He says, I like the way you are fair. The person will know that you have color blindness. So you don't see well. Jesus was very, very real with people. No exaggeration. Very real. Praise the Lord. Are we blessed? Don't tell the wicked you are what? Righteous. Don't tell the righteous you are wicked. So there are ways people feel special. You're talking to them. I like the way you come to church early. I like your attitude in serving. You are dedicated. You are committed. I like the way you are committed to this cell meeting. I like it. See, you look, some people feel smaller when they give people compliment. Yes. But let me tell you, you have to be a very big person inside to compliment other people. The, a sign that you are small in your own eyes is when you find it difficult to make people look bigger than yourself. It's a weak point that you, when you see 
good things about people. You are not able to lay good compliment. But you find a way to take the shine from them. What are your eyes for? Eh? What are your eyes for? There are windows to your soul. Wow. You are happy that someone came to church. Expressing that happiness doesn't make you a weak person. I'm, I'm very excited you came to church. Even You even came with your mom. Well done. It's a great feat. You have done well. Sure. But I know I've not been able to bring my mother to church. When I see somebody who has brought their mom to church, that's a powerful thing. And deserves commendable compliment because the act is a commendable one. Praise the Lord. So you interact. You have to make people feel special. Tell somebody, learn to make people feel special. Do you know why we are preaching this? Because people who always want to feel special don't interact with people. They Wait till people interact with them because to you, you know, the spotlight must always be on you. But if you are a child of God who is a missionary, Jesus says that you are not here to be saved. You are here to serve. So you rather learn to put the spotlight on the people. Learn to make the people take the shine. It makes them feel special. That's why Jesus took all the beatings that would look nice. Praise the Lord. It's powerful. So if you're a missionary, you have to learn to deflate attention from you. Especially when it comes to moment of importance and the giving of credits. Let the credit be given. You can imagine if you're a leader and all the time you are taking the credit to yourself, taking the credit to yourself, taking the credit to you. You will cause rebellion and revolt in your rank and file. Because the truth of the matter is that the credit you are taking is a work that people down there have done. You just presented a report. Hey! Am I preaching? So learn to share the glory with them. As you are there now, they are talking. And you say, no, that's my team. Fantastic team. Allowances in the Bible. I'm preaching, brother. Preach about what the allowances in What's your credit in account? Where the power money? Yeah, yeah, I mean, if somebody comes to say, the sound in your church is very nice, crisp and nice. You say, yeah, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. What are you? Sound engineer, Nigeria, we will see. This guy is a fantastic sound engineer. He's not, I know what I'm, am I a sound engineer? 
I'm the pastor of the church. Yes. But Sound engineer, let him chop small. Let him also feel the sound engineering. Is it a bad thing? But when the sound is bad, the the sound in your church is not good. I don't know what this guy. I don't. I don't know what is wrong with this guy. Eh? So trouble the I know what I'm doing. Wow. And quite yet the oh me my children me me so. What do you mean, my child? When are we in Kwaino? Watch it. Look, people can teach theory and they cannot even do the practicals. I'll be telling this guy, hey, I don't like the sound. I don't like this. I don't. Bad tooth. Go and stand there and tune it like the tune. I don't know where this one is. I don't know where that one is. I don't know. All I, say, all I can be saying is that. And when I do this, he understands what I want. And he's able to, but I don't have the technical acumen. To tune it here, tune it there, tune it here. Look, Bible says that, give honor to whom honor is due. You have been listening to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keeper's House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keeper's House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360. Join us on Sundays at 7 a.m. for the first service. 9.30 a.m. for the second service and 11.30 a.m. for the third service. On Wednesdays at 6 p.m. for our midweek and communion service. And on Saturdays at 6.30 a.m. for our morning flavor prayer services. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.